1: Alright, Rogers, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about one of the most exciting action movies of the 2010s, but oddly, perhaps the least known action movies of the 2010s. Let's watch the trailer again. feel as if time is passing at 1% its normal speed.
0: If we play this right, we can take the whole city. Peace Trees is the
1: manufacturing base for all the slow-mo in Mega City One.
0: You know how often we get a judge up in Peace Trees? Where well, you got one now. She has control of everything. Levels 1 to 200.
1: This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. That's not good. I want him dead.
0: We're gonna have to go through him. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Fire! Judgment time. Let's finish this.
1: Wow, I remember I went to the <laughs> movies with uh, my friend Paul to see this and we absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean
0: Judge Judge Dredd, it was actually called Dredd, isn't it? I um I've been a fan of the comic Judge Dredd in 2000 AD, in, in 2000 AD since it was launched in 1977. You know, I remember my dad buying me the first um edition of 2000 ad in 1977 it cost about 6p and it came with a little um almost frisbee thing called a space spinner which was absolutely incredible to play with and judge dread was launched in the second edition the week after that and pretty much has appeared in every issue since 1977 to today and there was a film of judge dread made back in 1995 starring sylvester stallone and It was not a very good film. It didn't really capture the essence of the comic strip at all. Whereas this film, Dread, which was made in 2012, absolutely nailed the character in my eyes, nailed the atmosphere of the futuristic city, nailed the way that the criminals interact with the judges and the special effects and the violence. And yes, it's absolutely amazing film. But unfortunately, it really didn't do very well at the box office at all. And a lot of people point to the marketing of the film as being really poor. And I have to say, one of the things that people say is that the trailer wasn't very good. And whilst I get excited watching that trailer just now, Pascal, actually, it doesn't really sell the movie about being about this futuristic cop. The first at least minute and a half of that trailer is all about the, the protagonist, the, the, um, the, the criminal. We don't really see dread until towards the end of the trailer, and somebody just casually watching that trailer might not have been sucked in enough to actually go and see the film themselves.
1: Yeah, now we're going to talk about the marketing because it feels very odd for me to be talking about a movie that I really, really like, and this is like mm-hmm. the 10th, year anniversaries so it feels like there should be an event at some stage um this is something that i would go back to at least once a year because once again when i was at at the cinema and i I would agree with you even then i realized this has been very modestly promoted unless you're a hardcore fan of the genre and can i just say as well you know is not exciting that the uk had this sci-fi magazine in a um Kind of format and storytelling format that usually dominated by the us but so yeah. i was sat there thinking this is incredibly put together and they respected you know the law of the judges did uh, so many things right and it didn't receive the, 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 the just you know kind of return on effort and investment by a, a wider audience and therefore it's odd for me to say i love this film but back gum, this marketing campaign is a little embarrassing
0: Yeah, and and maybe one of the things is, I mean, 2000 AD has been a phenomenally successful magazine in the United Kingdom for close to 50 years now. But unlike Marvel Comics and unlike DC Comics, I don't think it's got that worldwide audience. And yes, in the UK, we all know who Judge Dredd is, and we all know 2000 AD. But I think that that's probably one of the reasons, unlike the Marvel movies with their... 10 times the size of budgets and the dc movies were there 10 times the size of the budgets the marketing budget for dread was nowhere near as big as that and maybe it's just too much of a cult comic and they didn't they they pandered maybe to the uh to the fans of dread to the fans of judge dread so people like you and i are thinking wow this is so um this is so uh, faithful to the comic strip it's so good but maybe they should have taken it and tried to get in those people who don't know who Judge Dredd is, don't and have never heard of the 2000 AD magazine.
1: I would agree. It's not impossible to introduce an unknown character to, to mainstream. It's done countless number of times. But mm. that's what I mean to you. It feels almost as though you and I should have been involved yet again. Can we go back, <laughs> jump in the TARDIS or the DeLorean and go back in time and speak to the producer saying, if you've done a SWOT analysis, you would know that you were up against quite a lot you know, that summer 20, 2012, I know you've done the research, but there were some serious blockbusters going yes. on. The SWAT analysis would tell you that this is a UK-stroke-European you know, kind of uh, flavoured uh, universe and, and character. So your marketing campaign has to be adjusted accordingly. And it feels to me as though they, they did the one trailer, which I would agree didn't do enough to even sell the concept of the judges of crime and punishment with everything that comes with it and the poster which got really criticized by the fans is a cross between essentially dark knight and the raid which was also a movie mm-hmm. that came out a few years later because mm-hmm. there was a whole relationship with you know trying to get into the tower and get to the top to catch the baddie. so i think also there was some kind of just enough uh you know effort in the, in the marketing and 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 i think that they paid a heavy price for that
0: Yeah, and, I mean, interestingly, going back to the Sylvester Stallone film from 1995, that was criticised because, apart from the very early scenes in the film, Stallone took off his helmet, and for the rest of the film, he was Sylvester Stallone playing Judge Dredd. Now, in the comic, Judge Dredd has never taken his helmet off. It's, It's just... What is, what is underneath Judge Dredd's helmet? What does he look like? It's always been that mysterious thing, and I remember in the the, the publicity of Dread, you know, the star of the film, Carl Carl uh, Urban, was saying, "I'm not taking my helmet off in this film. You never get to see my face." That's more faithful to Judge Dredd. but ironically, that could be one of the reasons why it failed to suck in the people who weren't aware of the character. Because, I mean, we all know who Carl Urban is. He played Dr. McCoy in the Star Trek reboots, and he's a great actor, and his comic timing was great, and and his facial expressions, obviously from the fact that he had this helmet on, can carry the entire character. But they didn't really refer to that in the marketing. So, you know, nobody, well, who's Carl Urban? Never heard of him. They didn't even say, he played Scotty and in, in, in uh, sorry, played McCoy in, in Star Trek. They didn't even play upon that. So we have a, a film with an unknown actor almost who never takes his helmet off. So that's a bit boring to start with. And his co star who played, um, um, Judge Anderson, again, relative unknown, and yes, Lena Heady was in it, and she plays Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. But she, w- this was at the time when I think Game of Thrones would have been in maybe season one and/or maybe maybe season two or three, I guess. But she hadn't really gone on to that global fame of being Cersei Lannister, so they probably didn't even know who she was. So they didn't play to any of these things in the in the poster or in the in the in the in the trailer that we've just watched. So again, people thinking, I don't know any of these people, why should I go to the cinema to see
1: it? Do you know, the more I'm listening to you, the more I realize what a bad marketing campaign, and I feel terrible saying that. You know, mm-hmm. frankly, who are we? Because once again, we were not in the meetings, we didn't know what the limitations were, but there are some essentials that we've, c- we've covered now in but a part um, of, well, actually, if I'm not mistaken, this is our 65th movie film marketing campaign we are reviewing, Roger. And yep. the essentials of, you know, SWOT analysis, again, if I may use that gimmick, which is not a gimmick, for, you know, listen to me, but, you know, the the, the, the principle of what are our strengths, but the strengths are... And we need to lean on the assets. So Carl Urban, you know, people know him from maybe Eomir from Lord of the Rings, from the Chronicles of Riddick, for the Born Supremacy was such a good buddy. Mm-hmm. Doom, mm-hmm. out of the blue Pathfinder, Star Trek, you mentioned mm-hmm. Red. Mm-hmm. And then you had, obviously, Lena Headey, you know, from The Cave, absolutely great horror film. Brothers Grimm, mm-hmm. wonderful. 300, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. All you had to do was say that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. just yeah. say it on the trailer, just say it in, in the poster. You should have done like all the other films, some character spotlights uh, on social media because by then you know it's begin. Have some behind the scenes stuff on YouTube. There were so many things. And back to this idea of budget. I tell you what, let the fans do it then. Literally send do an official website, give all the assets to the fans, because frankly, everybody you know around the world who's been, you know, reading the two thousand eighty um would have done reviews they've been all over the podcast and so on so leaning on the network as well as we've seen people do actually like peter jackson our very first film marketing oh my god the more i listen to you the more i realize this is terrible <laughs> well and i mean let, let, let's let's be fair to them some yeah. of some of the stuff they did
0: do was good i mean they okay. did put together an advertising site um it, it Actually, only came out a month before the film, which is right. probably a prob- probably a problem in itself. But it was called Dread Report. Um, it was satirising Drudge Report, um, but it had it, it. It was it was in in context. So the video was condemning the use of slow mo, the drug that's used in the film, and they also published a tie-in comic, um, obviously. The drawn artwork, with the backstory of Marmar, you know, the, the character played by Lena Headey, and, and why she became this uh, this big drug dealer in, in, in Mega City One. And and that is absolutely great content, but it was, again, targeted at the hardcore fans. Now, your average man on the street who probably would have enjoyed Judge Dread for the exciting film it was, is probably not going to go and buy a comic that Explains the backstory of one of the characters in the film that he's vaguely heard about. So again, whilst I applaud this piece of artwork, this this backstory comic that they put together, it didn't pander to the right right audiences, or it, or they should have done something else to bring in the people who didn't really know the
1: backstories. For me, what's interesting is is back to this idea of the audience. You know, you could have had mini campaigns targeting the the big fans, or could I ask? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to. Um, kind of break your heart but have you kept that copy of of 2000 AD do you know what pascal <laughs> i it's
0: one of the biggest regrets i i had every single issue from number 1 all the way through to about 1200 and when I left university and I needed a bit of money, I sold them all. I got quite a lot of money for them, even at, at the time. Uh, but no, I, I let them go. And I remember actually when I took them to a comic shop to to um, to sell them. I mean, the guy was very was very nice, and he gave me a good price. But of course, the original um, yeah red frisbee thing. He said that if I'd kept that attached to the comic with the original piece of sellotape, it would have been worth about 10 times more. But of course, I was a seven-year-old well, child. Frankly, yeah, yeah, of course. The Frisbee <laughs> often went off to play with the damn thing. And also, of course, it was delivered by the newsagent. So on the top corner of each of the editions the, the news the um newsagent had written 10 fairhaven road which is where i lived at the time and the guy in the comic shop said you've devalued the, <laughs> the your, your comics just by having that written on it as well so the thing is if if you ever do see a new comic that's launched buy another copy put it in an airtight container and keep it <laughs> for 50 years and it, and it'll probably be worth an absolute fortune but when you're a 7 year old kid you don't really think of things like
1: that no, it was, it was impossible. So, so very quickly for me, you know, when you think about all the other film marketing campaigns we have reviewed, social media played a part in that. There was so much you could have done. Uh, for example, take a picture of yourself with your copy 2008 from you know way, yeah. way back when. Um, you could have had some interesting votes. You know, be the judge, and you could have some fictional crimes, and you know, a thumbs up or thumb down. There could have been so much done that could have been very low cost, but you know, very high impact. So, we are being critical of the marketing campaign, but that's say the industry actually praised it because they won an award according to your research.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, it got great reviews. You know, it's got a high score on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's about 89 or something. It's really high. And it even won awards like the Golden Trailer Award for Best Thriller TV Spot. Um, and, And it also won the Best Action TV Spot, Most Original TV Spot, Best Graphics in a TV Spot, Best Music TV Spot, Best Action Poster, and Most Original Poster, although we've already said the poster in our minds wasn't. So it did do good things. And the blu-ray and the dvd have sold extremely well uh, i think the the latest count is something like close seven hundred and fifty thousand copies of the dvd and, and the blu-ray so it has sort of become more of a cult movie since it was launched but unfortunately it was such a disaster at the box office that the the people who backed it just um totally moved on there was I think originally it was we were going to make three films, but it was such a disaster that the that the people who backed it just said no. That that's the end of it. And it, the success of the DVD and the Blu-ray hasn't been enough to move into sequel mode. There's been a bit of talk about maybe doing a Netflix series, and Carl Urban says that he would be happy to do that. But I suspect it isn't going to happen because, unfortunately, that original film just didn't
1: it just didn't work if anything it proves the importance of a, a good marketing campaign doesn't does mm. it not because mm. i mean when i was watching the trailer all that memory of being at the cinema and watching it again on dvd and so on i mean and then you look at the comments that people have left on the youtube um, channel this movie is a masterpiece. Hands down, mm-hmm. one of the most underrated action movies of all time, this commission mark, with thousands of likes against that. To this day, I do not understand how this movie didn't get the acclaim it deserved. Probably yep. the most underrated piece of recent cinema. And so it goes on. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just um, weird. you know. This movie is on my shelf, and I'm very proud to own a copy, and I go back to it once a year. And if only others have had the, had the pleasure of watching it as well.
0: And I think, you know, we've we've reviewed, as you've said, 65 films marketing campaigns now. And and uh, and, And we've reviewed films which were marketed on a low budget and they were very successfully. This one was just absolutely ripe for social media. You know, even just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the social media campaign for Scream 5 and how successful that was. This would have been, as you say, take a picture of yourself with your idea issue number one or the first issue with Judge Dredd in it. Um, It could have worked. They could have got that fan base to make make it work to a wider audience. But I guess we learn the lessons of history. And mm. hopefully, uh, we can move on from those
1: lessons. Well, thank you so much. Once again, uh, it was your suggestion to go for Dread. So Roger sent me a message on on Messenger, what about Dread? And I replied within milliseconds, perfect, <laughs> three exclamation marks, uh, you know, superb choice. Well, everyone, this was episode 68. An absolute pleasure to spend some time with you, Roger. Thank you very much for being such a wonderful co-host and for your research on fear marketing. To viewers and listeners, please leave your comments in the usual places, share, and let us know how we can add value by producing this podcast for you. Until the next time, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Pintoni, and he was Roger Edwards.